Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight as, yes, I know what you're thinking. (laughs) Brian Kelly addresses the media. We will hear from Brian Kelly here tonight. My reaction to what the head coach of LSU said today got after it a little bit. I think in Brian Kelly's tenure at LSU, this was the first real time um, that he let the media have it. And some of it I agree with. Some of it I do think that he's working on. But I probably should have put this as Rafino's rant. I know that it sucks. I know that it outright sucks. Don't give up. Don't give up. One, one lo- the f- loss against Florida State, I know that the guys quit in the fourth quarter. You got to have faith, man. Because I do think that you have a really good... I- I'm seeing you on social media, man. I see you on social media talking outright ridiculousness. You got to let the season play out. We'll talk about what Brian Kelly said here today uh, as well. LSU versus Grambling preview. I don't know what we could technically preview, but we will. Um, Basically, this week is going to be everything that I want to see. I have a laundry list of things I want to see. You're going to be able to do it. There's no specific order. There's no one specific thing. There is a multitude of things that I want to see this week. You need to get accomplished. There's not a debate on these. I have five of them that I want to see. It's not up for discussion. And if we don't see them, then I don't want to say we have an issue, but it's just my opinion on the five things that LSU has to accomplish 
this Saturday against Grambling. We'll touch on that. I forgot to do the week one recap, um, at least on this show. I did it on Rafino and Joe. I'll give a very small, brief recap of week one and then the two premier games of week two. Texas goes to Alabama and Texas A&M goes to Miami. So we'll talk on both of those. The Pretty much, I guess you could call the premier matchups um, this weekend. And also, um, Mississippi State and Arizona. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that as well. Our buddy Matt Trent joins us at 7.30. My man got a lot of LSU fans pissed off. He predicted Florida State was going to win. People said I should unfriend him, which isn't going to happen. <laughs> and Florida State won. Sometimes you got to listen to what everybody says. And just because you they don't you don't agree with them doesn't mean you got to email and say you you suck. Okay, well. Anyway, and then as we do every Tuesday and Thursday, hashtag Ask Blake thoughts, questions, concerns. Fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we'll get to as many of them as we can throughout the show. But you know what time it is. Where are you watching the show from? Where are you watching the show from? Are you in the 985? But don't give me the area codes. We've we've already established this. Where are you physically watching the show from? We'll pull that up, put it inside of the Rudy Crew chat. Mike, with the first comment of the night that we will read at least, says, read a comment on social media after the game. People are a person wanted Kelly fired. Come on after one game. So here's, let me go on a very quick rant here. Let me go on a very quick rant. Number one, there's nothing that happened Saturday, or Sunday rather, that warrants Brian Kelly being fired. Nothing. Did did you lose? Yeah, you lost. Did you battle what is probably going to be a playoff team? More than likely, at least that's what it looks like so far. Even though we are in week one, did you play a potential playoff team? Yeah, you hung around with them for three quarters. The interception was the dagger in the heart that you did not need on a wide receiver slip down. But let me tell you, because we've been through this before. We've been through this with Les. We went through it with Ed. And now it's starting to creep its ever little turtle head out of its shell. Do not make up shit. Do not make up shit when you lose. And, oh, well, I heard this was happening. You got to get things confirmed before you go out there and say them. I've been in that locker room. Guys, we've been to games. Like, some things that you are saying that are happening is not true. You don't have the money to go fire Brian Kelly. You don't have the money to give him $90 million. You don't. Nor does he even remotely deserve to be fired. You overachieved last year. He is more than bought himself a little grace. Putting an entire loss on one guy, player, is wrong and shows that you do not know football to some extent. The offense did not give up 45 points. They did not. They did not give up 500 yards. 
We talked about a week ago, about about a week ago today, that if you did not walk out of Orlando with 38 points on the board, you were not going to win. That is a really good offense. Saying Brian Kelly should be fired makes you look like an idiot. Dane Bergeron says, good evening, Blake. Good evening, Dane. How are we doing? Spectrum Wellcare says, Blake is an XO lineman. Would you ever tell a D lineman uh, they are good? Um, at the end of the game, I would. At the end of the game, I certainly would. Um, but I want to just be careful with that because, my, you know, it, it, did Miles Frazier actually say that? Because, look, Brian Kelly said something in his, his coach's show that got taken a little out of context. He said, yeah, we want to go and beat the heck out of Florida State. And it got taken out of context by a fan base that doesn't know what they're doing. They haven't been to the promised land. Stephen Young says, Park needs to get to 240 minimum. That's not going to happen if he wants to play line, inside linebacker. He's not going to get there. We'll talk about that here tonight. Ferd Tease says, let's go from the 504 Metairie. You got to love it. Big J. Cole says, free Harold Perkins. Christian says he's listening in Calhoun, Louisiana. You got to love it. You got to love it. Christian says, again, is Caden Durham not coming to LSU anymore? See, he took all of his LSU off Twitter. I, d I don't know about all that. I don't, I, I don't know about all that. Um, I, I don't read into that. JTN says, Broussard, by the way, of Thibodeau, listening out there in Broussard, Henry Edwards says he's in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ryan says that he's in Rain, Louisiana, Acadiana, the 337. We got Minden in the building. Um, Stonewall, Louisiana. Now, Mike, help me out here. Where is Stonewall, Louisiana? Where is Stonewall? Hal Jubin says, yes, we need a Rafino's Ranch. Well, you might get one a little bit here tonight. I will tell you that there, there's music played in the uh in the in the locker room. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. I hear Pooh Shiesty is a uh very popular. Come on, man. It's played. What are we what are we doing? What are we doing? Eric Kennedy says, Tyler Tyler Town, Mississippi. Yeah, I'm from Franklin, man. Uh, Sherry Berry says Montgomery, Alabama. We got Chattanooga, Tennessee in the house. Uh, Mapleton, Georgia. Where's Mapleton, Georgia? Hakeem, where is Mapleton, Georgia? Gotta love it. From the Berry, says Jonathan Fields. You gotta love that as well. C. King says from the Talking Tigers um, Facebook group. Guys, it's a great group with a lot of discussion. A lot of funny things happening there. Y'all go join if you have the time. He says, it's time to call Matt House to the front of the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. Stonewall is just south of Shreveport. Okay. Okay. We got the 318-31 great. What's go By the way, very quickly before we get rolling here. What is happening in the 318 today in West Monroe? What is happening? And it's not funny when kids are going to the hospital. I don't, I, I look so candidly, 
I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I saw that some people in the area said that there were kids that went. Then there were some that said that no kids went. Then the coach got suspended. West Monroe's in some trouble, man. They're in some trouble. You can't – You what are you doing where kids are doing that? What are, what are we doing? Orange, Texas, says Gary Miller. Orange, Texas is in the building. Phoenix, Arizona, via Laplace, or Laplace, says Leandria Lewis. Derek Eason says Dubai. Now, Derek, are you really in Dubai? Are you really in Dubai? Don't be lying. To, don't be lying to me. That's a bucket list place. All right, let's get rolling. <laughs> well, I like this one. Tyler says listening from Portsmouth, Virginia. Yes, indeed. All right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on Twitter or listen to us or watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're on Twitter too, you can hit the retweet button. Hit that retweet button. Talk about our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons and our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. We're going to hear from Brian Kelly. We got a lot to discuss and what he said. We talk about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures head on over to bet online today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 that's believe 50 b-l-e-a-v five zero to receive your 50 percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit that's betonline.ag betonline.ag with over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, mono chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500. Full Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, play Rafina. Sit you on by. We're back. <laughs> we'll find out this weekend if Texas is or not. We'll find out this weekend. I will give you a little preview before we get to that later on in the show. I do not believe that the Texas Longhorns go into Tuscaloosa and pull it out, unfortunately. But if I could pick, I would find some way for both teams to lose. That would be great. Like Alabama beats Texas, but both have to technically forfeit because of a technicality. That would be great. That's not going to happen, but... We'll talk about that later in the show. Brian Kelly met with the media today. And look, let me start off by saying, you 
when I listen to Brian Kelly, there are specific things that I look for. There are specific things that I listen into. You know, even myself included, and I'm not going to take myself out of this, but the biggest question or the biggest thing that a lot of LSU fans have been saying, media have been saying, everyone's been saying is, we need players that have the dog in them. Now, one thing I don't believe to be true is that LSU just had the dog coached out of them. You know, I had a DM from somebody today ask me that I think Brian Kelly wanted to make everybody, you know, churchgoers. No, he doesn't. I just think that internally as a team, you got to find that inside yourself. But when Brian Kelly came up today and he was asked, like, hey, what were some of the things that you noticed on film? This is what he said. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's – I mean, I could go through a number of different situations. You know, we, we don't get to the uh, the chains on, on third and, and five. You know, we're short on the chains. What are you thinking in those situations, you know? What, what's your thought process? Um, you know, we, we, we've got a drop here on third and six. You know, we're trying to turn up field. Let's secure the catch, you know. Um, you know, we're fourth and one, and, um, you know, we're trying to make a play instead of – you know, reading what the defender is giving you. Um, you know, I could elaborate further on defense. You know, we're spinning down a safety to sit in the curl. He's watching the quarterback. Um, you know, we could have been more creative with play calling. Um, we could have been better defensively and in, in, in making some less spy calls and bringing more pressure. I mean, I could attack the whole thing. The bottom line is I've got to get our football team thinking the right way and play with a competitive edge. And football, this game of football, it is hard to win. If you don't play with a competitive edge, if you are not locked in and disciplined and focused, we can have a conversation about all these things all the time. If you have a competitive edge, if you recognize how hard this game is and you're focused, none of the crap that I just mentioned will matter because they'll overcome it. What Brian Kelly is saying there in that one-and-a-half-minute clip, his – competitive edge when he uses the word competitive edge he means we need you to be a dog now what he's also saying is that I got to prepare the team better that is on me I thought that I had gotten him there clearly I didn't guys not running to the football guys not getting to the line of you know getting to the line of gain on the throw that is a quick route he's talking about the the fourth down call where you have one specific route to a drag route and you're not beyond the line of scrim or beyond the line of gain. You're not past the first down marker. Those are things that he's talking about. Here's, he said, the bottom line, and Brian Kelly would go on to say this, the bottom line is no matter all the specifics that I want to break down, you got to go out and play like your hair's on fire. What do you want him to come out and say? Hey, I need you to, you know, play crazy, just push and punch on people. That's not what he's saying. Be smart, be focused. Great players, even the ones that you say are savages or beasts or dogs, have that focus, have that mentality. You can't convince me that Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew – The list goes on and on of the greats 
that had their even their jerseys retired. Yes, do they have the dog in them? Absolutely. They play focused. They play disciplined. They play locked in. And Brian Kelly's got to get him there. So regardless of what we need to do X's and O's wise, what he's saying is I'm going to do everything I can to get the team where they need to be. That's on me. We have the athletic talent to get there. Now, the ultimate key here is what you do with specific players. What do you do with a guy like Harold Perkins? Let's listen to Brian Kelly, and then we'll break that down. You know, certainly a um, question that we have talked about, um, there's a lot going on. um, And you could clearly um, look at uh, Harold and what he's asked to do versus, you know, lining him up off the edge. Um, Player development has to be thought about. you know, where he goes uh, at the next level has to be thought about um, and then impacting our team. So I think that there is a um, I think there's a happy medium there uh, that we could probably strike. Uh, and we've already begun to look at um, how we can be most effective for, for Harold and for LSU. The competitive edge, the things that he wants to do, I see this in the chat, guys, is he wants them to play, and I see somebody says, oh, hair on fire, question mark. He wants them to go out there and knock somebody's fucking head off. You want the truth? He wants somebody to go out there and knock somebody's fucking head off by playing smart and doing it. Being in the right positions at the right times in the right place that you need to be. I will tell you that some of the things that happen, even offensively, and Harold Perkins, which we'll get to, they got to be better. They cannot allow to out-scheme themselves and over-coach themselves by taking players out. There is a multitude of things that happen against Florida State. So as we turn this page, you need to put Harold Perkins on the outside. Do you want to do some different things with him? I don't give... Two flying Fs, what you do with him. Let him be effective. Now, Michael Cobble from WBRZ today said, do you have the ability to not just say, Harold, go see ball, go get ball? Yes, they do. They do. Because ultimately, you got to get Harold Perkins in a creative position on things that you need to do to impact the game, like last year. He's got to be better in coverage. You can't rush him. Guys, you cannot rush him every single time. There's going to be scenarios where you're going to need him to back out. That is what edge and this scheme and linebackers do. Now, on critical third downs, you got to let him go after Jordan Travis. He got home the one one of the one seven times that he rushed. Jordan Travis, a six-year senior, made the read, threw it up to Keon Coleman, one-on-one against the safety and Major Burns for a touchdown. I don't care about that. Okay, well, you're sending him. If you continue to do that, you're going to get home. Here's the big key for me and what I heard from these two clips from Brian Kelly. I saw the memes that you were posting on social media. A lot of you sent them to me. 
Brian Kelly is not Les Miles. They will get things fixed. So here are some things that we need to see fixed. Number one, this if you want to experiment more with Perkins in the middle, be my guest this week against Grambling. But moving forward, you're going to have to have more than just a game plan for him. Second and third down, he is on the edge. If that means taking somebody out that you possibly don't want to, well, that sucks for you. Or you're just going to have to find creative ways to get him after the quarterback. That is the bottom line. That's not the only thing that they have to do. He talked, Brian Kelly talked about the competitive edge and the dog inside of players. If the corner on the outside, regardless of who it is, corner, safety, linebacker, de- uh, defensive lineman, is not doing what you need to do, you have enough depth now that Terrence Welsh can be on the outside. See how much it matters to him. You know, my good friend Brandon Taylor tweeted this and a former guy that wore number 18. There are parts of this that you got to have love for what you're doing. you got to have love for your school, love for the guy that's next to you. I don't know if you have that, and Brian Kelly has got to build that. You have to build that. Rotating guys in like Chris Hilton, which we're about to get to, Shelton Sampson, Kyle Parker, Aaron Anderson, whoever it may be offensively, Lance Hurd for crying out loud. You got to do it. Here are the five things on Saturday. There, Yes, is it in my opinion? Sure. But I just think that these are five simple things that you have to do no matter what. No matter what. And there are no specific order. We talked about one of them in Harold Parkins. Show me that you can be creative enough defensively to get him in the right position. Now, Brian Kelly talked about the development, and there is a lot of people that are going back and forth with this uh, argument. Well, he's here to win games for LSU. You cannot go into a living room and tell a parent or player that, look, man, we're going to help develop you, but you're here to win games for LSU. There is a fine line in a medium. Fine line. But like Isaiah Simmons, like a Micah Parsons, players that you just, that are out of this world athletic, you got to be creative in how you use them. You got to do different things that are uncanny and uncharacteristic and things that maybe that no other team runs. You know, I, I thought about this today. For example, remember in, in, in 2019 when Auburn had those big-time defensive linemen? Big, big-time defensive linemen. They ran, what was it, like a 3-1-7? Because they could stuff the run with four dudes. You remember that was ridiculous. Georgia tried to uh, recreate it, and Burrow said, ha, 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 ha. When you have special players, you got to be creative in what you do. Number one, show me that, Matt House, show me that you know with a, let's call it what it is, a guy that can be a transcendent player. Show me that you can you can utilize him in the right way. That's number one. Number two, Lance Hurd. 
So listen, I don't really care one way or the other what was said on the field for Miles Frazier. If he said it, yeah, that's not good. If he didn't say it, doesn't matter because you got to get a better push on the interior. The number one thing about offensive line play, you're going to get injuries. It is so much more difficult for a guard, a big body guard, Emory Jones, which is what he is, to move out to tackle against more athletic freaks like a Will Anderson and Harold Perkins than what it is for a tackle, a true tackle. Like if Lance Hurd had to come in a guard, you're okay with that because he has the physical strength and tools to play on the inside quick enough for any kind of interior move or, or stunt or anything like that, you need to move Emory Jones in the inside. I want to see Mason Lunsford in there too. Marlon Martinez. Because we've seen the in, we've seen the tackle position be pretty good. You're you're potentially one move away from that line getting more of a push than you need it to. Number three. Brian Kelly talked about the running game today and that we have to get the running backs the ball more. Well, that's on you. Like, that is strictly on from the top down. You can't have 12 rushings in a game from your quarterback, I mean, from your running backs, and think that your quarterback is going to be able to carry the load. Now, last night, we talked about pretty much at nauseum the entire day. The entire day, you underutilized Jaden Daniels. You did not use him in the right way. If you're going to drop back 47 times, Garrett Nussmeyer is the guy that you have to have in. When you have a speed racing car, you don't go joyriding around town. You got to get him out in space and make plays. Let your running backs in your running game do it. You don't have to run up the interior. You don't have to run up the gut. On Wednesday, my number one key to victory is that the running game has to be creative. Guess what it wasn't? The only creative things that you did, and I probably should have clipped this and put it in the show so we could like a, hey, remember what we said a week ago? Draws, zone reads, those things were working. But you got to be more creative in the running game. The number one thing that is going to help a quarterback is a strong running game. It's not up for debate. Number three, I'm not trying to get on players, and I'm not. But going into Grambling, I need to see Chris Hilton Jr. Now, I've been – really, this is the first time I've said this because I did not want to come off as a guy that I have a lot of connection to come off as a someone who is biased about Chris Hilton Jr. Can he catch that in route? Guys, not only, I, I, I had this looked into, not only did you lead the SEC in drops last year, you're, you're coming close to leading the nation. Schematically, guys, if if the ball is hitting them in the hands or the chest or it's in their general facility, Jordan Jefferson, Jamar Chase, all those guys that built these legacies, Brandon LaFell, uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, 
because Jarvis Landry was diving in the back of the end zone with one hand against Arkansas, catching the ball. Menberger did not throw a good, did not have a good pass. Your athletic freaks went out there and made plays. I need to see some more of these weapons from the outside go out there and do something. Because there's one thing that I know for sure. Chris Hilton can run and catch. Let him do it. He's been injured. He's been banged up. I get why he hasn't seen more action before now. He's not now. Number four, before we get to Matt Trent, I'm running late. Number four, special teams. Well, boy, what about special teams? It's time to start nutting up on special teams. You have too many guys back there to muffle punt. You have too many guys back there to not get you some yardage on special teams. Do it, block a kick. Do whatever you got to do to make impact special teams wise. Last but not least, number five. Number five. If you have a dual threat quarterback, you can't use one of those weapons. You got to use both of them. The reason you call them dual threat quarterbacks in the first place is because they can do both. All right. I know some of you are trying to eat me alive on Twitter. I mean, on the comments. It's whatever. But Kevin, Kevin's, Kevin loves it. He says, preach, Blake. All right. I got a wardrobe change coming. Our next guest, the newly married man, Matt Trent, joins us next. Let's talk about our good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Our good friend Carol Falso over at State Farm. Matt Trent next. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler, he'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back. <laughs> well, what are we? What are you wearing? I literally just found this behind my desk because I got a new computer. Disclaimer: I left my work computer in the airport of Orlando, so that's a thing. And um, so I'm waiting on my laptop to come back so i got a spare one so they had to like reset everything up so they moved my desk and this was behind my desk for god knows how long 
Well, shout out to Will Wade. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, how do you like my hat? Your hat's really good. Your hat's a lot better than mine. Do you want to Way tell more sentimental value too? Do you want to tell the people what this is? That is actually uh, well. I'll give you two stories. Uh, that is actually the hat that debuted at my wedding. My father-in-law uh, surprised even me uh, with those hats. So we he bought a uh, my my wife personalized those hats, found them, made them, did all the design work, everything, and then my uh, father-in-law passed them out at our wedding. And I've never seen like a group of hyenas like people <laughs> trying to get those hats. Yeah, it, it so was a like, group of hyenas. So this is this is also another funny story. Ben we Baby said that it, it, Ben uh, we called Ben Baby uh, Frank Lucas because he looked like he was handing out kilos. Right, right. So like after my wedding, you know, everybody goes out downtown Covington, and we're out, and everybody, you know, we had fifty of these hats, so everybody's wearing these hats. And myself and former WBRZ sports reporter now in Atlanta, Reggie Chapman, uh, we're at the bar talking, and this random guy came up and was like, I see all these dudes and all these people like wearing that hat. Like, what? what is that? And I go, funny story. Uh, we are part of a um, marketing team with um, a new golf course that just opened in Covington. And um, this is what it is. It's going to be called the Trents. So it's opening up here in Covington and I do like marketing and stuff. My man here and I pointed to Reggie. I was like, he does social media and like all this stuff. And he's like, well, where is it? And I, was, and I don't know where I am in Covington. I was like, oh yeah. So you go like towards here and you take like, and it's right off the highway, right? He was like, oh yeah, right near so-and-so's grocery store. I go, that's it right there, right around the corner. <laughs> right there my friend he's like so like what are you when is it gonna open i said well we gotta get everything set up because we're gonna have some you know open house events some you know uh charity tournaments there to kind of break in soft openings stuff like that so it should be another month uh six weeks or so, oh my god like i'm i'm going for like 15 minutes this dude's like yeah man okay cool like i play i'll check it out i was like all right man Good to see you. No, don't uh, don't forget to like and share our post. The Trent's Golf Course in Covington, Louisiana. You so. gotta love it, Matt. Yeah. All right, so Matt Trent from WBRZ Sports. Uh, fairly, and you got wrongly criticized for the, your take. Uh, you did say that you thought Florida State would be deeper, and that Keon Coleman would have a massive game. Um, what did you see throughout the game on Sunday in breaking all this down? What was the one thing that just stood out to you uh, in the game Sunday with LSU and Florida State? I haven't seen an LSU team be over physical like that in a long time. Like twenty, like twenty twenty Orgeron. Like yeah, like mm. just flat out. I, I think about yeah. Uh, was it? 2020 at ucla was that ucla no 2021 yeah that was 21 i i haven't seen a performance like that in a while and we thought that this offensive line was going to be really really good it wasn't um the running game was non-existent the receivers look i know everybody immediately wants to look at Jaden daniels dude he made some damn good throws i agree made some damn good throws uh, the one that I really liked was the one over the middle. I can't remember what quarter it was to Kyron Lacey. And the dude had, you know, the, the, the Florida State defender on him. It was a slant right across the middle. 
And I mean, could not have been in a tighter window in a more perfect place. Hit Kyron Lacey, right? I think it was a third down play. Actually. Yeah, third and six. Brian Kelly talked yeah. about it today. Hit him right in the hands, dropped it, and you know, for didn't really have a clean pocket for the majority of the game. Was always kind of like shuffling and moving and stuff. Um, I, I I agree with what you said. I said that earlier. Just a lack of creativity in the run game too. And you've got all these dudes rolling out here and nobody's really doing anything. Again, too, what I will agree with you as well, and I actually said this, I leaned over to Jacques Doucet in the press box. I said, look, you got Brian Thomas dropping balls, Kyron Lacey dropping balls. We can't get Malik involved. Where is Chris Hilton? Where is Chris Hilton? Because we have talked all offseason about we want Jaden Daniels to push the ball vertically. And the last practice that I went out to at LSU, Chris Hilton ate the defense alive. Correct. Post plays, everything. He ate them alive. So I, at that point, you know, it's just like, well, these dudes aren't doing it. Let's just throw somebody in there that can and give us a different look. I, I, I was that, that's what I, I think I texted you. I was like, I was surprised at what didn't happen, you know, for LSU more than what did. All right, so that was a lot there, so let's break this down. So, Jaden Daniels, Matt, look, the the term dual threat in today's society, when you talk about a quarterback, gets people getting mad about it. But Jaden Daniels can run. you got to be creative. Like, look, I get that you don't want him to run a lot throughout the season, but, Matt, this is not a game that you can just say, oh, well, we're going to play our new principles. We're going to put our new philosophy into this. you got to do whatever you got to do to win the game. Yeah, and I feel like this was it was very indicative of – and I don't remember what game it was last year, but do you remember when the chatter about him running too much really got Tennessee. loud? Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, it, it really got loud. And, and Brian Kelly had even mentioned, like, we do want him to stay in the pocket more. And then it almost seemed like Jaden was trying to, like, make himself stay in the pocket more. And you can just tell. Like, you can just tell when a dude is like – I see that I can run here, but I've really got to hold on and wait till something opens up, and then you either get sacked or you really have to scramble and nothing's there. I felt like at times Jaden was like, I really have to work on this, and this is something i got to work on. i got to stay in here. Because, look, dude, like, again, last year in the second half of this game, he took that game over with his legs. Took it over. Matt, and the it- first half he – Matt – the first half he took it over with his legs because the draw play, it's a 40-yard run. It is a 40-yard run. You go down. You kick the field goal. He's got to be able to use his legs. Like, yeah. the whole and, thing and that – look, man. Go ahead. I, go ahead. I, 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 and, and I told you this not to, like, switch gears, but I'm, I'm putting that in the same deal with Harold Perkins, too. Like I know, All right, let's go there. That was the I, second I know question. that his future in the NFL relies on him playing inside and being a more refined linebacker or, or outside or whatever, but being an actual linebacker. But do we really have to, to do that against Florida State? Do we really have to like roll out the new and improved Harold Perkins against Florida State instead of saying, all right, Jordan Travis has it, go get Jordan Travis. Okay, so-and-so has it, go get him. Like – you can work on stuff this week against Grambling. That's just my personal opinion. And I know it's probably not like the most football savvy thing, but I was like, why did we have to do it this weekend? 
Well, early in the game, he made some very critical stops on third down in the running game in the interior. But yes. when the game is starting to get pass happy and nobody wants to slow down, you have to get him out in space and let him go to work. Blake, he he was lost out there. He in was coverage. in coverage. He was correct. Lost. And, and Matt, you know what? I, that's not that's not a bad thing to say. He's never done it. He's never done it. He's so done like, it. No, he's we're not it. criticizing him. You're doing it against a six year quarterback. He is going to eat you alive. I I have never played one down of college football, but I have talked to a lot of like coaches long enough to know when it comes to like coverage, and when you hear "Don't let them cross your face," like I I've got video pulled up right now on my computer where you can see Jordan Travis look one way and Harold Perkins and a dude just shoot and he goes ah damn it and then he's off mm-hmm. I, I just I think we're taking a lot of dudes kind of out of their element and what they can really really do I think we're kind of coaching dudes out of what they can do again I think if we want to work on stuff and try things that we've been working on let's let's do that this weekend Let's do that this weekend against Grambling and see how it goes instead of against number eight Florida State. Well, really, Matt, number three Florida State. Yeah. You, you mean, know, like, I mean, you know, they were number eight last week when nobody knew what was going on. This week, they're the number three team in the country, and the only reason that they're not number two is because Georgia went back-to-back national titles. Like, let's let's call it what it is. Matt Trent, WBRZ is our guest. What else stood out to you? Look, I know that I've told I told you this, so you can back it up. The old staff, the 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 one before this one, did I or didn't I not beg, plead, and and throw a hissy fit about Keon Coleman? Yeah, and look, like, so here here's my thoughts on Keon Coleman. Like, I, I think I have told you. I think if. I, I see Kayshawn Booty with him. Um, I wasn't a big fan of him in high school because I remember um, – so he played basketball, obviously, at Opelousas Catholic, and he played football, and he did both at Michigan State, right? right. So his senior year, he did not win Mr. Louisiana Basketball, Mr. Basketball, Gatorade Player of the Year, whatever it is for, you know, Louisiana. Um, the kid that just transferred from Santa Clara to LSU, Carlos um, – uh, I know you're talking about. I'm, I'm losing it right now. Okay. He won it and he went to Dunham. Okay. Cause he had an unbelievable year. I was not a fan because after that Keon went on Twitter and starts like throwing his teammates under the bus and was like, Carlos had more to work with. I didn't have anybody. I had to do all that stuff. And, Carlos and that Stewart, really, by the way. Yeah. Carlos Stewart. Yeah. And, and that really kind of set me like yeah. rubbed me the wrong way with him in terms of just being like a team guy or whatever. So I've never really been high on him in terms of a personality and a character standpoint. Um, but dude, he, he's unreal. Like inline speed, agility, everything you want. Like, I don't know how tall he is. He might be like uh, six, six, four. Two, six, four. I mean, he went up on that fade route in the corner of the end zone against Major Burns. It was just like mine. And like, Deuce, I mean, and Deuce Chestnut. And Deuce yeah. Chestnut. I mean, the kid the kid can obviously do it all. I mean, he's but he is. He's a big, big-time playmaker. I think he – I thought he was probably the best player on the field. Oh, I agree with that. Um, what else did you see? Was there something else that was 
really glaring that you walked away from, good or bad, um, that you walked away with? Because, look, there were some good things LSU did, too. I don't think that they're – you know, <laughs> you don't score 17 points and say there wasn't anything good. Uh, but is there anything good or bad other that you noticed? I, I Two things, really, and they, and they might be insignificant. Like, the, the run game, like, I, I just – Oh, that's not insignificant. LSU – Blake, like I just don't see how it's not hard to get some high end backs in here. Let me let me stop let me stop and ask you. Is it time to get in Zalance Heard? No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet because remember, like we had that we were having the same conversation this time last year, and the offensive line was just unbelievable and developed probably better and faster than any other unit. Um, I would probably like to see him more because, dude, like, some guys got whipped Sunday night. Well, but see, here, here's the here's the question, Matt, that I have with that. If guys are getting their tails torn up, why not try anybody else? It, how many more balls do you have to see Deuce Chestnut give up in the end zone before you say, let's put in somebody else? How many times do you have to see that Emory Jones is just slow – on the tackle and needs to be moved to guard. Yeah, I mean, you have to think. I mean, LSU's leading by three at the half, and then you come in, and then the doors get blown off. I mean, I still, when they were down two touchdowns, I was still very much like, okay, this is a, this is very, not an insurmountable deficit. Yeah, like, LSU, LSU was driving. LSU was driving. Yeah, and then and then I was just kind of, you know, when you get down three touchdowns or whatever, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's get some dudes some reps in. So I would like to have seen that. Um, but yeah, the running game has always frustrated me over the past couple of years because I've never been like they we've got a game changer that can break the game open. And I understand over the past couple of years the running back position, especially in the pro level and a little bit in valued is not, is not as valued, is not as important when you spread the field out as it used to be. Um, but this just like you know, two yards in a cloud of dust is getting kind of old. I mean, it is kind of old. And the second thing, too, is like I I was wondering how much Mason Smith would have made a difference in this game. I think I really do. I I do believe that he would have made – here's the reason why I think he would have made a significant impact. Stay with me. Because when they started doubling Makai Wingo in the second half – Yeah. Because he would – dude, by the way, if there is one massive just like, oh, my God – he obliterated yeah. Florida State's offensive line. Dude, dude he, he is – I mean, he's he's wearing 18 for a reason. Right. Like, I mean, he, he is just a dude. <laughs> he's a dude, a dude but, but again, man. But again, though, like outside of him, like there's just nothing. But you wouldn't have been able to double him if Mason Smith is in the game. Right, yeah, I you, agree. You wouldn't have been able to do it. So, when last week when we said, oh, it's not that – it's it's somewhat insignificant, horse shit. I thought I also thought too, like the ends, um, Swinson Gofu and Swinson. I thought they were pretty good, dude. I thought I thought they showed a little bit of life where it's like, okay, as the season goes on, these are these are some dudes that can set the edge pretty well. And I also like again, I thought that was the best a team had set the edge against Jaden Daniels since he's been at LSU. I like agree. he was like like he just couldn't do anything. And when he turned right, they were there. When he turned left, they were there. So. You know, you go up the middle, and again, why Why are you trying to hurdle three dudes in the middle of the pile, Jaden? When I when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, bro, I know you bulked up this offseason, but, buddy, 
That ain't it. You know that he got it. you know he got cut on that. The, yeah. the patch. He got he got cut. And I was just but and like I'm not also reading too much into people being like, there's no dogs at LSU. You know, on that play, I know I saw a lot of people on social media be like, well, why didn't someone stand up and, you know, be like, get in their face? I was like, well, I mean, the guy for Florida State, I mean, you just hit him, got up, and then, like, walked away. There was really no taunting or anything to it. All right, let me let me just, let me just say this, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to stir some shit up, so just let me say it. Matt, if – let me tell you what would have happened. Let me tell you what Brett Beard would have done if if – our quarterback, if that would have happened to our quarterback and we did not throw a punch or push somebody or get a personal foul, we probably would be would still be running. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's not like it was a cheap shot. It's not like the dude's running and out Matt, of bounds. It, it doesn't matter, though. It doesn't. When somebody does that to your quarterback, you punch him in the nuts. You punch him <laughs> right in the throat. I get like I get I get what you're saying and there is some validity to that but it wasn't again it wasn't like you know Jaden throws a pass and it's a late hit and the dude stands I, over I'm and, with you. and like all this stuff so I'm I'm not ready to buy into like LSU doesn't have any dogs or like there's a soft mentality to this team I agree with you because I've seen this team at practice and it's like scary physical it, so. it is, and that's what the that's what the interesting thing is. I think they just laid down because they're like, man, we we gave it everything we had, and we're we're out. But I will tell you, I don't know if you watched the WWE as a kid, but I would have had to give that dude some sweet chin music, like my name is HBK. Okay, the dude would have got the dude would have gotten the people's elbow. But here, but here's the thing too that, and, and I know you saw this about the Florida State defensive lineman saying, "Oh yeah, when number seventy Miles Frazier told us that mm -hmm. man, y'all are good up front, like we knew it was over." Um, well, number was, one, did he even say that? That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, if he even said that, um, I don't. Again, I don't think it's that bad because, like, in the middle of the game, I'm sure stuff like that is exchanged all the time. Like, all right, y'all, y'all are pretty good, but it's it's only bad that they didn't respond to it, right? Like, it just it, – it was a consistent Florida State pass rush and, and defensive effort the entire time. So, if he said that and they were like, all right, you guys are good, but, like, shove it up your ass. Like, I, I don't – you know, and they and they came out and balled out, then we wouldn't be talking about it today. So, I I mean, I am running that bite actually tonight at 10 o'clock, but it's just <laughs> what you say. You know, of course you are. Things where it's just taken out of context, like the Brian Kelly, like we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State. Completely I, taking it out of context. But you know what? I, I will I will, I will say this. LSU's play Texas. They obviously always play Alabama. They play A&M. There has not been one fan base that has been so obnoxious, by the way, and taking things out of context than Florida State. They have been awful. And I do pray that they get out of the ACC and come to the SEC because I'm going to tell you something. There is a little short guy that ro that rolls around LSU. His name's Jay Johnson. Good luck, bitch. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So, Matt, one more, a couple more things before I get you out of here. Number number one, were you um, were you surprised by Brian Kelly's comments today in reference to like hey man these guys got to play with more of a competitive edge like and this is on me like what did you think of his press conference because this is the first I, time that he was like like dude he was he was pissed yeah 
And I think I think maybe a little bit of it was he was pissed because I think he's given them too much credit in the offseason. Right. Like I think I think he like you said, they overachieved last year, so they were doing maybe the same things that they did, thinking that it was gonna work. Um, but dude, past couple weeks he's been kind of honest, you know, even before the season started with stuff that he's not pleased with and that, you know, things need to be done at a certain level because now because now in the second year the message is so much clearer and the expectations are so much clearer. When you did it last year, it was like a pleasant surprise. And it was like, Oh, okay. Like this is what we can do. But now it's like, okay, this is what we expect. You know, potential just means you haven't done anything right. Mm -hmm. Like now the message is clear. Now there is a very clear bar and they fell way short of it. And so now he's like, okay, I don't know what it is, but you've known since day one of spring ball, really, what is it expected of you? And obviously you haven't done it. So I I was actually pretty, pretty surprised about the candidness of Brian Kelly. Matt, all last year, Brian Kelly was a, rewarded for the halftime adjustments. Was this the first game that you, that he, that he's been here where they came out at halftime and you didn't see anything different? Because I don't Wait, remember I, a game that, that they did not make really good adjustments at half. Maybe the SEC championship against Georgia. I mean, Matt, they, they scored 20 unanswered points almost. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just saying, like, I I also think that – But that's a good point half, now that I'm kind of thinking about it. That's I, I could see like that. The, the, second, the second half adjustments thing is one of the most overrated, overrated things because <laughs> – because you have a game plan, right? But and, and when you go into a game, it's not a game plan for halves, right? Like the first half, we're going to do this. And the second half, we're going to do this. Like, they obviously have things to work on. They go in the locker room, they talk about it. But a lot of that stuff is done in game or they just go, all right, hey, this is what they're doing. Let's try and fix this. And if it doesn't work, it's not necessarily we're going to take this entire game plan and we're just going to throw it in the trash and start over, you know, for the net, for the for the last two quarters of the game. Um, but, yeah, it was concerning that whatever they did or tried to do in the second half, nothing worked. Right. Like that, that, that was it. It wasn't that they made an adjustment there or they didn't make adjustment. It was like we're also still doing the same BS that we did in the first half and we're getting the same results. So can somebody just do something? Cause like, cause the Brian Thomas missed open uh, receptions, like just literally dropped it. How crazy is it that people are talking about, Oh, well he's going to throw him. So this is all Jaden's fault. How nuts <laughs> is that? Like, can we, how nuts is that? So well, the funny thing is, is like, so the video that Cobble, uh, no, there was, we were like looking at uh, the replay up in the press box and, you know, he misses, misses the ball. He walks off and you see Brian Kelly go, what nope. happened? Right. And then Brian says something to him. He goes, well, make a effing play. Like, just make it. Just, just like make something. I don't, I don't need to like break down technique and, and strategy, you know, with you. Just right. make a play. Just do something. I think that's literally all it was. Just Pla yeah, players make plays. All right, I'm going to – I do think that this is relevant, and I know it's a tough question to ask. Denver Harris. What would he – you asked me if he would have made a difference in this game? Well, Matt, there does come, there does come a time – so let me, let me just say this, okay? 
Saban and Kirby have had more DBs arrested in the last two years than everybody in Angola combined. There does there is a fine line, in my opinion, where you need dudes that potentially are going to punch somebody in the mouth and get suspended for six games. You know, because let me tell you a couple of them in the league. Marcus Peters is number one. Like just yeah, like just comes like comes to mind. Marcus Peters, if you see him in the club, will put will give you three piece in a soda. Okay, he will piece you up. Dion back in the day, Dion was a chirper and would get after you. They're just like, what do you do with Denver Harris now that you're like, bro? You you don't have an answer, DB, right now. That, that, that's very delicate in my mind because you got to look at it both ways. you got to look at it like you were saying. Does his presence there make us better? Right. Does it make us better from a physical stamp, standpoint, a schematic standpoint, and does it make us better from a locker room standpoint? Because you run the risk of having a Kayshawn booty all the time and getting get letting the emotions get the best of you, and then that bleeds to everybody else, and that bleeds to the group. Because it literally, Blake, it only takes one dude. It only takes one dude right. that's like, man, I'm not happy. They're not using me the same way. And, oh, Zy Alexander, they're not using you the same way. Deuce Chestnut, look what they're doing to you. And then that stuff starts to trickle. Um, maybe. I'll, I'll put a maybe on it because with dudes like that, like you said, you need a, a, a Marcus Peters. Like if someone hits Jaden Daniels, he just runs on the field and clocks some dude and then, you know, runs off. Because that does a lot, right? That's a spark. Um, that, that you need, I just don't know that we're there yet. I just don't know. Because, okay, I, I'll counter you with who was the Marcus Peters of this secondary last year? Jay Ward? Uh, okay, Jay won't mind me saying this because, you know, me and you did the interview with Jay Ward and Jared Bernard Converse. Mm-hmm. So I talked to one of our buddies who is a coordinator in the SEC. I think you, everybody knows who we're talking about. And he told me that last year he never shut up. He said that he never – quiet Jay Ward literally walked over when they were on the sidelines and he goes, your defense sucks, and just yeah. runs back. And he and he says, I'm chuckling, and Saban's – oh, I probably, I probably just messed that one up. But the head coach is looking at me just like – and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you had – I think it's, it was Jay Ward who constantly was just – Look, okay, I even so I even that, remember Ole point. Miss when he gets laid out, he gets up and says, "Hey, man, I still technically tackled you." Yeah, well, I I I remember. I was it Ole Miss or Arkansas? No. Yeah, no, no, that was different. Excuse me. I'm I'm just saying. Okay, so if that's what you want, Major Burns is that guy. Major Burns is the voice of that defense in terms of just shit talking and running your mouth and being that presence like that. To, messed up brooks is that greg brooks is that present greg brooks is in dudes you know what all the time so i think they've got it i just think it's like it's but you've also got a lot of dudes that have never played sec football like at a high level because like florida state florida state mimicked what an sec team does right they look more like an sec team than anybody this weekend they look like Like, more of an sec team more than the sec teams did like I, I just watched Shadour Sanders give a post game press conference after they beat after Colorado beat TCU and he goes, Look, I was at HBCU for two years. The only difference is that the defensive line gets off the ball quicker and the athletes are just better 
all over the field. Okay. Right. So Florida State, unbelievable defensive line. And Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman were two of the best probably in the country in terms of what they do. So they played like an SEC football team. Uh, by the way, you brought up Shadur and, and Dion. Matt? Blake, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. They're going to go 2 and 0 this week. They're going to be 2 and 0. I'm I'm not there yet because Matt, he's going to win football games. I, he is going to win football games. Like, he's gonna, <laughs> he is going to win football games. Like uh-huh. nobody says he's going to win football games. But you also got to look at like um they got a pretty rough schedule, dude. They, oh they yeah. Oh rough. yeah, they got USC, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State. Like they're they're going they're going to beat one maybe two more ranked uh, teams on that schedule. Maybe yeah. You got USD, you've got Oregon, you've got Oregon State, you've got Utah. So, I mean, that's four right there. I can see them beating one and slip up and beat two. I'm just not there yet. I got you. All right. Surprise Jimbo Fisher gave up play calling? Very. Very. It's it look, you know that I'm gonna have you on for the A and M week. Matt, but again, Matt, look at, the opponent. look at the opponent. Is it is it's a lot easier to give up play calling responsi- responsibilities against New Mexico than it is against LSU, Alabama. That's fair. Florida. That's that's fair. You know, like that's oh fair. yeah, let him have it, let him have it, and then you play a good team and it's not going right, and then you're snatching that headset right back. That, that's fair. That's fair. I, I mean, I I'm not going to. Deba- I can't debate that. All right. Matt Trent, WBRZ, I love the hat. What do you think? I'm glad I got mine. Tell, tell, t- t- skin, send Brinley a screenshot of this. I will. I'm Get, going to. All right. See you, buddy. <laughs> He's one of the best, man. He's one of the best. People don't realize how good he is. That's the truth. Talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm. We talk about week one and, uh, well, we kind of already recap week one. Week two, Texas A&M, Miami, and Alabama, Texas. We talk about that next to close it out. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. So Texas and their Longhorns head to Alabama this week. Now, we'll talk a lot about this tomorrow on the Rafino and Joe show. Go over there, subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff. Listen. I don't know if I have a very great feel on this game. I do think both teams can win. 
I don't trust the Alabama quarterback situation enough to say in uh, in great confidence like I would before, even like I would have last year, that Alabama's going to pull out and win. But I also don't have that same kind of confidence in Steve Sarkeesian or Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, if you want to talk about somebody that does not and, can't, and is not effective at throwing the ball down the field, that is Quinn Ewers. Last week against Rice, Rice, R-I-C-E, Rice, he went 0 for 8 and looked terrible at throwing the ball down the field. If this game were in Texas, I probably would lean Texas, but I do lean a little bit of Alabama. I got to see Texas and Sarkeesian do it. I am not confident in that at all. I am not confident in picking Alabama. I don't like picking Alabama. Like I said earlier in the show, I hope both teams lose. I really hope both teams lose. And if they do, we're all happy. I just don't believe in Texas enough or Steve Sarkeesian for them to be able to win. Now, I did see this from American Patriot. I Sorry, I missed the Super Chat. He said, get Denver Harris in the game. Thank you so much, American Patriot, for the Super Chat. I do. I, I kind of agree with you. I do agree with you. The bottom line for me back into this, I, I, I'm just going to lean a little bit of Alabama. I think they run the ball right down Alabama, uh, Texas's throat late in that ball game. Now, Jalen Milrow, for them to win, Jalen Milrow is going to have to make throws that he's never made in his life. Can he do that? He is their X factor. They're going to be good along the defensive line. They're good at linebacker. I think they're more athletic at linebacker. They're DBs. Look to be pretty athletic as well. A typical Alabama team. Can they hold on and sustain in that running game, in the passing game? Can Tommy Reese Cole a good enough game for them to win? We're going to find out for sure this Saturday. Another big time and key matchup that I'm going to be, and we'll talk more about Mississippi State, that their, you know, their opponent this week, because we kind of got to monitor them a little bit just due to the nature of that. You know, it's LSU's next opponent after Grambling. We'll talk about that later in the week. But the second most marquee game of the weekend is clearly Texas A&M going to the University of Miami. I do agree with our our guest just then and Matt Trent. It's easy for you to give up play calling against New Mexico. Do Does Jimbo continue to allow Bobby Petrino to call plays? Here's the truth about Texas A&M, whether you want to hear it or not. Texas A&M has really good, a really, really good wide receiver core. They're really good on both lines of scrimmage. I think they have a really good running back and really good running, uh, a really good quarterback and a really good uh, rotation of running backs. Anaya Smith, Stewart, uh, Noah, those dudes, they can really play. They do have weapons offensively defensively their secondary looked to be a little bit shaky against New Mexico and that may be a little bit concerning but I also do not trust and speaking of not trusting coaches I don't trust Mario Cristobal yet nor do I trust Tyler Van Dyke the Miami quarterback what's interesting to me is that Auburn if you remember some years ago then when Auburn played Oregon Oregon had Justin Herbert and Auburn would run out with Gus Malzahn and Bo Nix, a freshman Bo Nix, and Auburn would go on to win the ball game. I don't know if – I think Mario is a really good recruiter. 
he's going to have to show that he can be at Miami and beat, I don't want to say a top team, because I don't know if a and a top team, but be able to beat a team that they're, that they're not supposed to. I'm going to take A&M as well here. I think A&M is too explosive offensively, and I don't trust Tyler Van Dyke. All right. And yes, Rob Boudreaux says that Max Johnson went to A&M for nothing. That is very true. Uh, MR on YouTube says Mario's a bad game day coach. We saw that even what we just talked about. You let a freshman Bo Nix who was horrible in 2019 beat you. That cannot happen. That cannot happen. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. Peace. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.